discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host, and I am in the studio with David. He's in the cockpit with me, not playing with my balls, I promise. (laughs) Hello, Hello, Dave. Hello. All right. So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars Resistance because this is the Resistance edition. We're talking about and breaking down season one, episode two, titled Triple Dark. Again, the series is set a decade after the events and Return of the Jedi and six set decades. Sorry. The series is set decades after the events of Return of the Jedi and six months before the events of The Force Awakens and follows Kasuda, a pilot who is recruited into the Resistance to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Randomly recruited. <laughs> Very random. Now, the synopsis for this episode is Kaz and BB-8 uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it. Yes. This episode is written by Kevin Burke and Chris Wyatt and directed by Sergio Paz and Justin Ridge. So we had some leadership in there today. Yes. Or this week. And without even looking at the credits, without even looking at the credits, I knew Ridge or Filoni were possibly involved in this particular episode because it felt better than the premiere. It did. It seemed less anxious because, you know, of Kazuda. Kazuda is so high strung. He gives me anxiety at times (laughs) while I watch. But this episode, Kaz felt a bit muted. This episode was more polished than the pilot. The writing was more concise and less all over the place, as was the case with the pilot. I think that was our biggest problem with the pilot, despite the fact that it was really silly it just didn't feel very concise. It didn't feel like they had a true plan yeah. for the TV show. We didn't see a, a exact path where we were going, and that's what we were hoping for in this episode, that we would actually get kind of like a a, a go-to. This is what it's going to be centered around. This is what our story is going to be about. And this one, I will say, is much better than the premiere, uh, much better than the pilot. And Kazuda's antics, yeah, just like what you said, while they were irritating, some some of the get-go, I hate to say it, I, I got flashbacks of Jar Jar yeah. in the very beginning. Right. But as soon as basically the tone turned in the episode, then it started clicking. Yeah. You started you started seeing some some semblance of a story happening. Yes, some semblance. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so this episode definitely has that strategy, whereas with the pilot, we had those two or three minutes bookended, which I did like. I felt like it helped the pilot, but at the same time, that's literally all the story we got. The rest of it was kind of just some goofy antics with a minor introduction into 
Kaz's character, not even anything really develop developmental worthy for Kaz. It was just an introduction to, Hey, this is Kazuda. This is what he's going to end up doing. He's a spy. The pilot felt like they were just laying down the beat. You know, when you write a script, Dave, you do the beat sheet. Yeah. It feels like you're just going through those beats. This episode slows things down just a bit and we suddenly realize okay there is a story here we're gonna see kazuda grow as a spy as a spy and the story benefited by turning up the threat levels well letting us know exactly what the resistance is up against the tv show cannot rely on previous installments of star wars in this case the force awakens to create drama a show must be able to stand on its own narrative merits. So the writers on resistance created the pirate threat. Yes. And I felt like that was the strongest element of this episode because we get a hint of the first order's plan as Kazuda gets to work as a spy and through a series of three stooges type antics meets Ace Ventura. Kazuda accidentally stumbles upon a plan set in motion by the first order. The First Order is apparently working with the pirates. Yes. So all of that work to help flesh out the story and the, the myth arc of this season, which is no doubt going to be. I think I can go out on a limb here and say that's definitely going to be the myth arc of the season. The First, the first Order's uh, goal, it would seem, they, their intent to take over the platform. And what I really liked was the reveal at the end. I felt like the it yeah, was Palpatine. Was really good. I felt like it was Palpatine. Tactics 101, the First Order is creating a threat to the platform via the pirate attacks so that Doza invites the First Order to the platform. I'm assuming the First Order's goal is to force Doza into some type of protection deal. I think that's what the, uh, the obvious narrative looks like. The platform obviously has some military strategic value to the First Order and their plans. So all of these things is what we learned this week. We learned more in a 22 minute episode than we actually learned in the opening 50 some minute pilot. Yeah. The one thing also that I liked that they revealed was through my, one of my, who's becoming one of my favorite characters is Jaeger. Jaeger is actually that key that basically is supposed to show us not just like how the first order is perceived, but how the resistance is perceived because that's one of the bigger keys too, is like, we know that there's an incoming threat of the first order, but the one question that we've always had is how does the world view the resistance? How does the resistance work in, with, with the government? Because in the last episode, we were discussing about the fact that the galactic, the new galactic empire should actually be in control by now. Right. Th- there should be no need for a resistance. Why is there a resistance? Right. And I'm assuming that's what they're going to start touching on. It feels like that's the direction they're going, which is another reason why I will keep watching this show. Yeah. Because it does seem to be going in that direction, the the direction to explain certain things. The resistance, obviously, is a new element within the galaxy. The conversation between Kazuda and Jaeger yeah. was very telling. Jaeger said no one knows about the resistance. I mean, alluding to the fact that the resistance is a new aspect to the galaxy. They are a new element that has been introduced to the political landscape. And I'm assuming it has everything to do with combating the rise of the first order. Yes. It's something that possibly the new Republic couldn't get involved in. If you look at real world politics, this would in fact make sense. Sometimes you can't go head to head with a rising 
rightful government. We don't know how the new republic is set up. Yes, they may be the overseeing government, but does this mean the First Order can't create their own thing in their own galaxy? What? It, how are the laws written now for the new republic? Yeah. Obviously, it's something they couldn't go up against for whatever reasons, because of democracy reasons. So now we have the resistance. I, I feel like we can safely assume that that's the part the resistance will play, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I said this episode gave a... Gave what I was thinking that basically they were going to go with the resistance, which is a Cold War-esque type of vibe to it. Two sides that no one knows about, but have are warring while basically the real world is revolving around it. Right. And not knowing what's going on. It's more like whispers. Whispers, whispers. of a growing army called the First Order. The yeah. whispers of a government offshoot known as the resistance. The a resistance. splinter cell. So they did a lot of world building this episode, helping us understand the current players on the board and the political landscape. That's a plus, which is something we've been droning on about. So I like that they kept fleshing that that, that out, and I'm hoping they keep fleshing that aspect out as well. All right. So Halloween time, David. All this month, Rain Man Digital is celebrating Halloween. RMD's Halloween Podtacular Special. This Halloween, Rain Man Digital gets into the spirit of things with seasonal programming. Supernatural, Star Wars, Constantine, Batman, role-playing games, and more. Keep your eyes peeled. These themed podcast episodes will be dropping randomly throughout the month of October via Rain Man Digital's stable of shows. Go to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details. Also, Patreon, patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. Get more Star Wars from the Back to Tank every single month by pledging $5 or more a month. And when you do so, you gain access to hours of additional Star Wars themed discussions, comic book reviews, book reviews, additional news that we can't always cover on the regular show. You name it, we do it. Patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. Pledge. Help us out. Okay, something else that I felt like it was a big plus, Dave, was the aces. The aces protect the Colossus. Yes. That was fun, and it also made me a bit more optimistic about the series and the direction they're going. Uh, these scenes were really great. The aerial combat between the pirates and the aces, it was serious. There was a serious tone, and all the silliness was washed away once we were in the cockpit of those fighters. It gives me hope for the series. If this series is about ace pilots, then I hope we see a lot more of these types of scenes. And I hope they plan to pull them off in a similar fashion, a mature way. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is Kazuda fits very well in this scenario because we're getting to see him. The whole point about Kazuda, I've, I've realized, is we're going to see him mature into an ace. Yeah. That's the whole point. He just can't. I thought about it and I was like, going, what? if he wants to be an ace pilot, why doesn't he act like it? Well, he's he's immature. It dawned on me that basically all these aces, yeah, they might be. Hey, David, you know what? We were all mature, but I don't think all of us can say we hid inside of a produce cart <laughs> and tried to trade sandwiches to buy, you know, the purchase things. <laughs> but, you know, maybe some of us tried. <laughs> David, the problem when it comes to the maturity side of Kazuda isn't the fact that he's immature. I feel like it's a bad choice of writing. They're making him a cartoon figure. So I'm hoping that at least 
when he is in a pi- when he is a pilot and he and we have those ace pilot scenes i'm hoping that i'm hoping that there's a maturity because it shows him in his, within his element right now he's a, a bit of a fish out of water because he's on this platform where he knows nothing he's not a mechanic although he has to pose as a mechanic, mechanic. And he doesn't really know how to spy because that's also not within his wheelhouse. He's a pilot. So I'm hoping the strength of this show will be within the concept of the show. The concept of the show is about ace fighter pilots. So hopefully those moments that we got today with the with the ace crew. Yeah, I'm hoping once Kazuda gets into those ships as well, that we're going to see a different side of him. Someone that's more mature, someone who's confident and not so silly. So overall, a much better episode. I still get some serious, I still have some issues with it, but not because it was awful. I'm just not sure this will ever become my cup of tea. And it's not because this is our cartoon. There's a difference in in general motif. Okay, let's talk about the cartoon side. When you compare this show to our previous Star Wars TV shows, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, They were Star Wars stories that just happened to be animated. It's not a cartoon per se. Yes. They're not necessarily written as cartoons. You can take much of what is on that script and easily translate it over to a live action medium and make it work. In fact, it would work with resistance. We're getting an actual cartoon that happens to be a story told within the universe of Star Wars. Yes. Does that make sense? No, absolutely, because it, it you hit it right on the head, especially when you watch Kazuda. Kazuda does not act like a character that we would expect, say, from Rebels. And uh, You can't take Clone the Wars. Kazuda character as a lead and... And put him into... Into a live-action TV a show. Live-action. It, it wouldn't even feel like him. You can easily transplant Ezra and Kanan into a Star Wars live action and their characters would work because they're, there's a realism to them. Whereas with Kazuda, there is no realism no to realism his character. To he's, he's essentially a, a cartoon character and he's written like a cartoon character. And we've never had lead characters in any of our Star Wars cartoons that were written this way. That's why I'm hoping like toward the end of this season, that's going to change. Yeah. Because I, I'm hoping that we could see some of these characters translate to live action. Who wouldn't want to actually ask where is the crew of the Aces during the the during the uh, episodes seven, eight, and nine? Yeah, where are they? You know. Yeah, and I bring this up, Dave, because there's people out there that justify for Star Wars Resistance saying, "Well, you know, it's a cartoon. What do you expect?" And I expect. It's very simple, Dave. I expect something to be well written, whether it's a cartoon or not. When you yes. again, that's why I bring up the example of Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. They're also animated, but they're not a cartoon. Yeah. A cartoon doesn't mean animated. By definition, a cartoon is any type of image or a series of images that's intended for satire or humor. There you go. Satire or humor. That's the biggest difference between Resistance and Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah. And that's why I feel that basically resistance got off to a bad start, but I'm hoping that it basically starts upticking. And by the end of it, it will, it will be a fun, it will be a good series to hold 
in line with Rebels and Clone Wars and everything. All right. So why don't we just move into your final thoughts then, Dave? Because it seems like we're getting into that aspect. So final thoughts on this episode. Final thoughts on this episode. I really did enjoy. This is actually better than the pilot, and I really enjoyed it. I would give it a solid B because while it, it, it stumbled out of the gate, by the time of the scene between Jaeger and Kaz, you saw the tone shift happen. And the the second part of the whole episode was fantastic. I love the ending. The ending, finally, we get to answer what the heck is the First Order doing during this whole time. And it really put into the line that basically, yeah, when you think about it, the Colossus, that is a really good strategic point for a military. It's a huge fuel fuel depot that an army could possibly station at. Why wouldn't the First Order want to take it over? So overall, I think the episode was really solid. I would give it a B. I'm going to get, still give this series a shot. I'm a little hesitant about next week's episode, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, Dave. I will give this episode a B minus. I feel like it's a strong installment. I, let me take that back. I don't think it's strong. Let me let me start over, Dave. I'm going to give this a B minus. I feel like it was a huge improvement over the pilot. It felt more concise, as I said, uh, felt more thought out. It feels like it's the beginnings of something like the beginnings of a show. Unfortunately, the pilot for me, yes, they they introduced us to an idea, but that's all they really did in in those 50 short minutes. They introduced us to an idea. They didn't really flesh out a lot of story. Uh, they had their moments. But this episode, I feel, did more to advance the overall story and to clue us in on exactly what's happening and the current political landscape between the New Republic, the First Order, and the Resistance. This episode did more for that than Force Awakens did. Just in a few short exchange of dialogue and then of course um most definitely more than the pilot did so i do have a little bit more expectations moving forward into the season and i'm hoping they continue with this uh this momentum that they definitely gained with this episode all right so if anybody misses any part of our broadcast past or present please find us on stitcher and itunes just search star wars from the back to tank thank you david thank you may the force be with us this is Stormtrooper 1, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and add us to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live... From the Back to Tank. And From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at FromBackToTank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FromTheBackToTank. <laughs>